to the Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk back program. The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. Well, over the past four decades, Dionne Warwick has charted nearly 60 hits, including Walk On By, Alfie, That's What Friends Are For, Do You Know the Way to San Jose, I'll Never Fall in Love Again, and of course, countless others. This Grammy Award winner has performed before numerous kings, queens, presidents, heads of state, and she has collaborated with so many of her musical peers, including Johnny Mathis, Smokey Robinson, Luther Vandross, Bird Backrack, Gladys Knight, Stevie Wonder, the Bee Gees, Barry Manilow, and Elton John, just to name a few. <laughs> Dion, of course, hosted the hit television show Solid Gold for many years and uh, has been given her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, Dion Warwick is uh, currently going to be playing at Casino Rama this Friday, March 27th, and Saturday, March 28th. Showtime, 9 o'clock each night. Doors are open at 8. Tickets are available, folks. And joining us on the Drew Marshall Show is the one and only Miss Dion Warwick. Dion, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. You know, I wish you were here in person because I, I hear you always smell really, really good. <laughs> is that true? I think it is. Oh, well, everybody seems to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Now, you, you used to wear Jeanette. That's what my mom used to wear. But now, of course, you wear Dion, I hope. Yes, I do. Constantly. <laughs> good girl. How's your Portuguese these days? Um, focus. Wow. Who? What? Pocano. What does that mean? Very little. Oh, really? <laughs> You're still living in Brazil, are you, for half the year? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And 90% of your CDs in your car are still Brazilian? Uh, well, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, I was kind of hoping you'd have maybe a Ward Family Singers CD or Davis Sisters. Um, well, actually, I have the Drinkard Singers. Oh. <laughs> doesn't get any better than that. No, it doesn't. Well, we've all heard this story probably many times, but six years old, standing on some books in the pulpit, singing Jesus Loves Me in your grandfather's church. I think it was, was it St. Luke's AME Church in Jersey? That's right, Newark, New Jersey. Do you know, that's my favorite all-time song. When I was back in Sunday school, Dion, my, my Sunday school teacher, I drove them nuts because every Sunday I said, we have to sing Jesus Loves Me. Well, that was the, the closing of our Sunday school class, and I was the one that would lead the song. Well done. Drinkard Family Singers in East Orange, New Jersey. I, I actually was just in New Jersey a few days ago. Were you? I actually really, really thoroughly enjoy the folks over there. They're just down-to-earth, real folks. Yes, they are. <laughs> and the Gospel Airs, of course, performed for the first time, I think, at the Apollo Theater, right? Yes, we performed on Amateur Night, and it was during a Gospel Cavalcade that was going on. My mom's group was appearing there along with the Davis Sisters and the Imperials and Alex Bradford, and uh, quite a few others. And uh, it was so funny because we decided that we were going to sing a hit recording that the Imperials had to those who wait. (laughs) 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 And that took a lot of chutzpah, let me tell you. That's a lot of chutzpah doing that. It sure did, but it was wonderful. We won, and the Imperials were standing on the side in the wings. And when we came off, they they looked at us, gave us a big hug, and so we did a wonderful job, and they thanked us very much for promoting their recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Classy move. Classy move on their part. Uh-huh. Well, of course, you have two aunts that sing gospel. Of course, Whitney Houston is your cousin, and she sings. And I think your mom even said you came out singing. That's 
<laughs> that's the story I tell. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Whitney Houston, that, that picture of you on the cover of Friends Can Be Lovers album, mm-hmm. my goodness, do you and Whitney, I mean, you just look exactly the same. I know, everybody kept saying, that's not you, that's Whitney. I kept saying, well, okay, that's what you want to think it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Say a Little Prayer was uh, a children's book that you wrote as well. Yes as a hit song. I've not read the children's book, so can you tell me what it was about your childhood that inspired you to write this book? All the wonderful things that I was fortunate enough to have participated in as a child. You know, I, I grew up in a loving family and in a neighborhood of incredibly loving people, uh, a lot of friends, and I kind of just took you through my childhood and what it was like. and. I, I hope that it will inspire uh, our babies to take a look at what I did and how I was brought up and the things that I was able to accomplish because of the way that I was brought up. And uh, some pe- some big kids, too, you know, take a look at the book and maybe it will inspire them as well. Can you, can you think back to maybe a favorite childhood memory, uh, something that has really stayed with you over the years? You know, there really are too many to, to mention just one. I mean, we I lived in a neighborhood that was virtually the United Nations, every race, color, creed, and religion. And all of my friends, of course, were of every race, color, creed, and religion. Hmm. So, you know, the craziness of uh, prejudices and things of that nature that we unfortunately are facing on a regular basis these days was not a part of my growing years. You didn't get that until you started touring. Exactly. Isn't that crazy how, you know, I mean, growing up in that day and age, as you said, that that uh, neighborhood, which is very much like the United Nations, there seemed to be a melting pot mentality. Mm-hmm. Everybody seemed to be getting along yep. instead of upping each other's grill. And, and all of a sudden you hit the road. Although, now, your first tour, was it not over in France? Well, my first, uh, no, my first tour was, throughout the South, uh, was a Henry Wynn tour. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, I was on two of my first tours with Sam Cooke. And then I went on tour the following summer with Jackie Wilson, and then the following was with uh, James Brown. So we played what everybody has gotten very accustomed to hearing, the Chitlin Circuit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I was watching an interview with you, and and the way you smiled, very reminiscent of James Brown. I had Mr. Brown on our show about uh, two years ago, I think, just obviously just before he passed. Mm -hmm. And you guys both have these smiles that literally light up rooms. Oh, well, I love smiling. My grandfather told me many years ago, First of all, that it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Yeah, right. But if you don't want wrinkles, smile. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't... That's true. Really? Yeah. Man, well, i got to learn something from you. Hell, you got to do is smile. <laughs> 1968 was what many say is still one of your best albums, The Magic of Believing. Yeah. And then 40 years later, you released another gospel album, Why We Sing. Exactly. And it took that long based on time. Uh, you know, everything that we are in show business, so timing is everything. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've never really had the opportunity to get into the studio to really do the kind of uh, gospel album I wanted to do. And then to the, um, the the availability of those people that I wanted to be involved. And it's, uh, well, we finally did it, and I'm so happy that I have a chance to do it 
and not only because it was something I wanted to do, but it's something that my sister is on and had an opportunity to do this before she passed away. Well, yeah, I mean, this must have been a, a real treasure for you to do duets with B.B. Winings, your sister Dee Dee, uh, your son David Elliott, and your older son Damon, I think, produced it, did produced he not? Produced it, yes, in my church choir. So it was a family affair. By the way, I'm I'm very, very sorry for your loss last year of Dee Dee. Well, thank you, I am too, but, you know, it's it's uh, when when he's ready for you. As I call you, everybody's going to answer. How how was it back when your brother passed? I mean, he died around the age of 18, I think, wasn't it? No, he would have been 21. 21, okay. The following week. And uh, it was a rough time. It really was a rough period of time. Mansell, is that his name? Mansell Jr., yes. Yeah. And we called him Pookie. Pookie? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, was, uh, he was quite a young man, and... Uh, had another year of college to go. I was going to Virginia Union at the time, and it was it was quite a shock, you know, something that uh, none of us really ever got over. But like I said, when when big guy in the sky calls for your name, everybody's going to answer. Yeah. How did Mansell pass? A car accident. Oh, that's real, oh, man. Well, I guess Dee Dee and Pookie are in heaven doing some tight harmonies right uh, now. Yeah, with my mom and my aunts and uncles and dad. But, and Grandma and Grandpa, all those that passed on, hmm. they're all up to having a good time and looking out for me now. <laughs> good. Now, Dion, aside from the fact that the CEO of Time Warner asked you to do another gospel CD, mm-hmm. why did you feel it was time? It's something that has always been and will always be uh, music that I've, I grew up knowing and will always love. It introduced me to music. So I felt that, you know, and this world, I think, kind of needs some major inspiration. Hmm. And I, I do believe that uh, why, why we sing is something that uh, can and will inspire. But what's what's different about Dionne Warwick now as compared to 40 years ago when you released the, the first gospel CD? What's different about you spiritually even? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Nothing. <laughs> I'm still a firm believer that prayer and God and those things that have brought me through so many, many trying times. Uh, this still works. Any black singer of any consequence started singing in a church. That's what you said. Basically, you know, if you stop and look at all of the ones that have really made an impact on our musical world, uh, the one that comes immediately to mind is Aretha. Of course. But then there's also Gladys Knight, and mm. there's also Patti LaBelle, and there's also uh, Chuck Jackson, and Tommy Hahn, and Maxine Brown. And the list goes on and on and on. We all started in church. And I think that's the best formal training for any singer. I took my daughter, Jessica, to a taping of Tyra Banks for her 16th birthday this past November. Mm-hmm. And Tyra's guests were Brandy and someone who, unlike you, cooks up a storm in the kitchen, Patty LaBelle. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty close. Are you f- close friends with Patty? Oh, yes. My sister. <laughs> 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 Patty and I have been friends. Uh, well, well, more years than we want to admit. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen a woman as passionate about cooking the way she is. I know, and and don't get an ounce. Really? Mm-mm, but, and then she's cooking a, a specifically for her 
and she has uh, diabetes. Right. So she cooks very, very carefully and very healthy. But she's a clean freak. She said that she's looking for someone to come and, and uh, do some cooking in her home, you know, I, I guess a, uh, a member of the staff. Mm-hmm. And she said, boy, you better be clean or you're out of there the next day. <laughs> Well, I think that should go for anything. I think, so, I, think you're, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, very well said. You've got to tell me about Oprah's Legends Ball. Uh, uh, many people have heard about this, dreamt about it, wondered about it, but you, you were there. You know, it. unfortunately, I wish I could put into words uh, what that ball was really about. You know, it was, you had to be there. It was the same thing when I'm asked about we are the world. Hmm. Well, that's what friends are for you. I mean, it's one of the happenings where you just had to be there. Oprah just pulled out every stop that she could find. <laughs> and it was, it was the most amazing thing. I finally, I, I said to her, in fact, at the uh, luncheon we had, she, when she gave us these wonderful gifts, I said, you know, Oprah, all you had to do is say thank you. She said, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm saying thank you my way. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> you know, Patty told the audience that she had her earrings stolen. Really? Yeah. Oh, my heavens. I mean, those are some nice earrings from what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have not worn mine. They're, they're mine, locked up. Mine, mine are in safe deposit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will not wear them. No. <laughs> I don't want them. No, that's something I will not lose. No. Well, make sure you uh, you call Patty up and give her heaps about that. Oh, I will. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I was chatting with uh, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. a few weeks ago, and we talked about all the all the new age stuff they used to be into, you know. Yeah. And by the way, she spoke very, very fondly of you. Yeah, they're, they're very dear friends. I, um, when they were, you know, beginning in, at the very beginning of their careers in Fifth Dimension uh, was when I first met them. Hmm. And we worked together an awful lot. Um and they became very different. Well, over the years, Dion, I mean, you, have you ever found yourself sort of wandering away from mainstream Christianity and maybe looking into some other forms of religion or self-help stuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there anything else? <laughs> well, some people think so. And I'm, well, that, I mean... You know, it's it, to each his own. You know, everybody has their own uh, way of serving. Yeah. And uh, mine was taught very, very carefully by my grandfather who was the minister, and my family. Hmm. And uh, I will remain ever true to my religion. I read an interview in Christianity Today. Mm-hmm. Of course, they brought up the Psychic Friends Network, and I think they were, you know, their, their point was probably, gee, how could you be involved in that if you're a real follower of Jesus, and doesn't the Bible say this and that? And I think your response was, look, I was pretty much a... I was the host of the show. I wasn't really into that stuff. That's exactly what I was. I was if you, anybody who wanted to be the naysayers, and there were plenty of them until my grandfather actually set them straight. <laughs> he told them point blank, you know, these are things that people believe in. If that's what they want to believe in. If you take note, Dion introduces the psychic of mm. the show. She is the host of that show. And if you want to think of it as anything other than that, then you're all crazy. Right. <laughs> but but on the, uh, there was an interview on the Today Show that you did, Dion. I mean, back in the day, right? And, mm-hmm. and this is 20-something years ago. Uh, you said that you had used psychics in your life. I, I think one of them maybe predicted a Grammy or something? Yeah, she predicted both of my Grammys. Right. And uh, I don't know if it was because she predicted it or because my peers decided that this was what I, I was supposed to have that year. Right. However... 
you know, it's like everything else. All of the ones who say, oh, how can you, how can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ask them what their sign is, they'll be the first one to tell you. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I just kind of look at them and smile and just leave it alone. Rest my case. Well, I'm glad you dropped the letter E on the end of your name. <laughs> Linda Goodman. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful astrologist. <laughs> really, she she's written three or four books, in fact. And she became a very dear friend and, uh, and a, on a lark, actually. She says, I think you need to have some more vibration to your name. I said, okay. <laughs> I had nothing else to do that day. So we added the E at the end of Warwick. And as a result of it, uh, nothing happened that was of any consequence. Hmm. So as, as quickly as I put it on, I took it off. I mean, you've had a tough time with your last name. It started with them not even spelling it right in the exactly. first release. <laughs> From from two R's to one R and a W, w. to an E to no E. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, you know, whenever I get bored, I do something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder what life would be like today, Dion, if you had followed your career path after you got your master's degree in teaching. Mm-hmm. I'd be teaching somebody's kids something about music. Really? Some, some facility, yes. As a matter of fact, I'd probably be teaching in my own school. Well, you, you know, you put yourself through college. You bought your mother a house and a car for yourself, singing background and, and uh, demonstration records. That's correct. It was a very lucrative way of earning a living at such a young age. And, of course, supplementing my, my, my college education, because I did have a partial scholarship. Hmm. Um, but it was, it was expensive at that time as well. Now, compared to today... I need to be Brinks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's amazing the cost of education. Yeah. Today. Well, all that background singing you did, did you, I heard a little rumor that you once, you once did a bit of background stuff for a Canadian fellow named Ronnie Hawkins. Yes, I did. I did not know that. I thought I knew everybody that Ronnie Hawkins <laughs> played with. There's a, there, he had an old bass player who is an Irish fella, uh-huh. Jerry Anderson, who's got one of the best radio shows in the world over there in Northern Ireland. Uh-huh. But I did not know about you. See? You learn something new every oh, day. This is great. I'm loving it. <laughs> well, Ronnie has done, speaking of Ronnie Hawkins, he's done a lot of charitable work here back in Canada. And you, of course, are known as one of the queens of charity. Oh, well. You know, you are. And you're very humble about it. And that's what makes you so, well, that's what makes you Dionne Warwick, really. Your humility and yet your charitable heart. It's a beautiful combination. But I think maybe, did all of this start with your valet, Marvin Davis? Uh, the AIDS issue did, because nobody at, at that point in time really knew what AIDS was. And we thought Marvin had cancer until we the researchers started on this disease. And uh, that's when I felt that, you know, well, somebody's got to do something about it, and I'm always the one that they push in the forefront. You know, my grandfather told me ages and ages ago that we were all put here to serve each other. Hmm. So that's what I'm doing, and that's why I do it, because I'm supposed to. Good for you. And, and of course, you have done so much. Did Arsenio ever show up at your AIDS gala in Atlanta, Georgia, back in 1990? And did you ever hold up your end of the bargain and stop smoking? (laughs) No, Arsenio did not show up, and no, I had not stopped smoking. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> well, Bert Backrack and Hal David uh, split up for a good chunk of time, and I think you stopped working for, was it about 10 years? 12. 12 years. Yep, 12 years. But you guys are all good mates again, right? Oh, yeah. No, we, we, we know it. We, we, 
you know, I've always said that when a true friendship is a true friendship, there are really very few things that can truly sever it. And time really was on our side. It gave us all, both, all three of us an opportunity to grow, to um, to do some of the things that we were destined to do apart from each other. And when it was time for us to get back together, that's when we got back together. Well, and you know, when you decided to get back together, disco was almost over as well, so that was perfect timing. Exactly. Here's another quote from you, I'll never make a disco record. True. I asked a, a fellow named Larry Norman one time. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He was sort of the godfather of Christian rock. Mm-hmm. I said, will you ever come out with a worship CD? And he said, no, I, I won't, because today it seems like the worship industry has become that, a worship industry. Exactly. The the entire industry has become an industry. Uh, nothing anywhere near what I grew up in and or have un- understand. I am still trying to figure out what, what is really going on. It's not. It's no longer a listening industry. It's now a visual industry. Well, very well said. So I, you know, and insofar as doing a disco recording, that young lady named Donna Summers has the crown on that. Yeah. Well, we hope to be booking Donna very soon on the show. I, again, another lady with a huge heart. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's a wonderful young lady. What year was it, Dion, that you had your first Grammy, your first child, and your first gold record? 1969. All three. That's quite a year. Yes, it was. <laughs> Did you get a lottery ticket that year at all? I, guess uh, I, I guess wish that, I had. I guess that was it. <laughs> that would have been the next step. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but those three were very vivid memories. I know that Burt Backrack, in particular, had a significant impact on your life. Bert Backrack and Hal David. And Hal, yeah. You, know, you can't say one without the other. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, as I always say, you don't mention Hal David, we'd all be humming instead of singing. Words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. But other than your grandfather telling you things like, if you think it, you can do it, or Dion, you're doing something that uses the talent God gave you, and you're using it to the best of your ability, it's an honest living, and you have nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Who else would you say had the greatest impact on your life, Dion? stay in, inside of my family. My mother, my father, my sister, and even my little brother. Uh, all my aunts and uncles. These are the people that whose shoulders I stood on as I was growing. Hmm. So they made the most influence on my life as I live it. Over the years, you, you've lost a number of loved ones, unfortunately. And I, I read this somewhere, and I wasn't sure whether it was true or not. Did you attend Karen Carpenter's funeral? Yes, I did. She was a dear friend. That must have been a tough, tough time. It was very tough. As a matter of fact, I saw Karen prior to um, her getting her act together. In fact, uh, she was uh, so proud. We, we took a Grammy photograph of Grammy winners for that particular year. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she walked in, and she walked straight over to me because I'd, I'd seen her in New York prior when she was going to this doctor who was getting her back on track. Mm. And she says, look at me. I have a booty. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you certainly do look at you. <laughs> and she looked so wonderful. She was she looking healthy and happy. And and to get that call from Richard that morning, it was, it was like, uh, I, an unbelievable situation. I could not believe it. Did you know it was coming, though? No. 
I don't think anybody did. I think what, from what I can understand with that particular disease, because it's what it is, um, her heart just couldn't stand the pressure of her gaining weight again. Right. At that, at the, I guess she was doing it rapidly. Mm. So, um, you know, but, you know, we got an incredible choir up there, I tell you. I can, well, <laughs> I mean, let's go to Luther Vandross. Apparently you spoke at his funeral? Yes, I did. Luther was, and still is, very, very, very dear to my heart. Um, he has always been and will. I don't think there's a, a, a better talent anywhere at any given time than Luther Andros. Um, Gladys Knight couldn't make it, I think. Is that right? Yeah. And so did you read a letter from her? Yes, I did. Boy, you've, you've just gone through some really, really yeah, tough stuff. Yeah, it's been, you know... Sister Dee Dee, I mean... My mom, my dad, mm. yeah, my brother. Um, Which loss has, you, has affected you the most, Dion? Every single one of them. They all play a very, very important part in my life. You sing a lot about love. Mm -hmm. So I've got to ask you. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this. No, tell me. <laughs> How has love treated you? Love has treated me wonderfully. Absolutely wonderfully. You know, it's like life, ups and downs. But it's always been more up than down. In uh, 2002 Biography Channel interview, you said the male ego is a fragile thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree? Oh, I agree. <laughs> I really agree. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's hard when the woman is the breadwinner. All my life, the only man who ever took care of me financially was my father. Mm -hmm. I've always taken care of myself. That's true. You must be one intimidating woman. First of all, are you? I think you're about. Are you five eight, five nine? How tall are you? I'm five five and a half. Oh, I thought you were taller. <laughs> Everybody thinks I am. I have long legs. You do have long legs, and that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. As I'm thinking back to some photos, you have those really long legs, that gorgeous, I mean, the cheekbone structure, your eyes, you, combined with being this big breadwinner, as you said in this quote, you've got to be one of the most intimidating women in the world no, for guys. I, I don't think so. You don't think guys have shied away from kind of making the moves on you, Dion, and just sort of said, oh, I don't know whether I can... None that I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Thank> true. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I hope someday that you soon will be able to uh, put an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony beside all your Grammys. Oh, thank you. I do too. <laughs> I really do. Dion Warwick is playing at Casino Rama Friday, March 27th, and Saturday, March 28th. Showtime is nine o'clock, and the doors open at eight. And there's tickets available, folks. Not many, because I've uh, talked to my people up there, and they're uh, they're grabbing them up. So uh, you want to get on it. I hope your concert goes so well up here, Dion. Thank you. I did, too. It was love. Oh, who's that, by the way, in the background? Oh, that's my little Pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your Pomeranian's name is? Little Boy. Little Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dion, thank you for your heart. Thank you. Good to chat with you. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dion Warwick on the Drew Marshall Show. Always enjoy chatting with... Uh, People with hearts like hers. What a neat lady. All right, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. So catch the moment.